Welcome to the Tuesday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we are in Zechariah 7 and 8. Aren't you happy it's just a couple chapters at a time? Well, hopefully that doesn't burst your bubble. Tomorrow it'll be three chapters, but they're not long chapters, so it's good that we get this little blurb of reading in every day of the Lord's Word, and I hope you're enjoying it. We are moving right along. I think we're on like day 270. So you know that means we're getting closer to the end of the year. We're in those burr months, you know. September, October, November, December, you know. Burr, it's getting cold out. Although it's been pretty warm out still, so we should be good. I hope you had a great Monday. Good start to your week. And today, we are getting into what the Lord has to say about, but that's the way we've always done it, mindsets. And I know, as a pastor... You know, I've only, I pastored at a church as an associate pastor and a youth pastor, and that was great, worked with a great pastor there, and then I started a, did a New Start church where we started a church on our own and was there for the majority of my pastor life as a senior pastor. And so I've not been to a lot of different churches, but I do know that there's this thing out there that a lot of my pastor friends run into that have been to different churches in their assignments where they run up against, well, that's the way we've always done it, mindsets. And... I have a pastor friend that went to an assignment. She she was just filling in. And this church she was filling in at as the interim, she gets there in the midsummer. And they have a Christmas tree up still. And it had uh fourth of july decoration on it which was odd and it's this great big robust you know fake christmas tree obviously and she inquires about it and they go oh we never take it down we just change the decorations for the holiday that it's that is up for that time of year so, like, it had 4th of July on because that was what was coming next. Then after 4th of July, they put the next season up, 
which was probably what Labor Day, and I don't know how you do that, but maybe they put like iron workers and stuff like that, and then they do fall decorations and they do Halloween decorations and then they do Thanksgiving stuff like that well she said well we we need to make this more user-friendly because that looks like we don't really do anything so she had it taken down well you'd have thought that was the golden calf because that ruffled the feathers of many because no that's what we always do and, of course, she stood her ground and, and had it taken down. And then when Christmas came, they put up a more realistic-looking tree and decorated for Christmas. But that's one of the things that we do a lot of times because that's what we always do. That's just one example. Another example that I've run into in just a couple places I've been is um, people that might come in say, why do you not do communion every week? Because that's where we come from. That's what we always do. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing communion every week, but some of us hold communion to a very sacred standard. And we don't want to see it become minimalized or routine. And I'm not saying if you do it every week, you're minimalizing it or making it routine. But we want to make it a special event. So a lot of us will do it less than every week because we tie it into special events. We tie it into special sermons we tied into special seasons and we tied into special occasions stuff like that so that it holds the sacredness of that in honoring God and Jesus what it's for and we work hard at keeping the the routine out of it and when I explained that to the person that I was talking to, they totally got it. They were good about that. But then there's some that don't like that answer, and I've even had some leave the church because they didn't like that answer. Because that's not how we do it. That's how we've always done it, you know. And so in this chapter of Zechariah 7, God calls out his people because they're doing these things and he's asking them, why are you doing them? And he sends Zechariah a message and he says to them, say to all your people and priests and priests that have been during these 70 years of exiles, when you fasted and mourned in the summer and in early autumn, so when you're doing your regular routine, was it really for me that you were fasting? Because even now in your holy festivals, aren't you eating and drinking just to please yourselves? 
And I have to look at that and say, so when we do these things, like the Christmas tree that we never take down, isn't that to please ourselves? Isn't that something we do because we don't want to put the effort in changing it out, taking it down when the season's up because that's work, and then putting it back up when the real season's in because that's work? It's easier to just leave it up and change a few decorations. Isn't that pleasing ourselves? And when we get so indignant about having certain sacraments every week, is that really because we want to be in the Lord's presence? Are we really understanding the full manifested sacredness of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and being in his presence, and being at the table, and understanding everything that Jesus went through for that moment? Or is it to please ourselves? Because this is what I think we should do. This is what I want to do. This is how we do it, and this is how we've always done it. And so we really have to take a step back when we get so (laughs) – got to be careful here – when we get so demanding about the things that we've always done, are we making those things about ourselves or are we truly honoring God in the thing that we're demanding to have done because that's the way we've always done it? Because the Lord is like, come on, here's what I really want you to do. I want you to show mercy and kindness to one another judge fairly because what he's seeing is people still oppressing each other people oppressing widows people oppressing orphans and people that are foreign and poor and scheming against each other he's like if you really did these things and were fasting and showing remorse during these things you do during the festivals in the summer and early autumn on my behalf, then you would be remembering why you were in exile. Then you would be remembering what got you here, which was because you turned from me. Then these things that you do to each other wouldn't be happening because you'd realize that what got you in this position to begin with was the fact that you turned from me from the very beginning. And you would be like, Lord, we need you. Oh, we need you. (laughs) And so he's saying, come on. You refused to listen to me when I called you. Now listen to me now. Because I need you to do things with your heart. Because the whole reason you ended up in this situation you're in right now is because you didn't listen to me then. And I just, I really, this really spoke to me because, you know, there's a lot of, I hear that from a lot of pastor friends and I hear that on occasion. Even where I'm at, where... Well, that's the way we've always done it. Not so much where I'm at because we are, we are a small remnant that's la, 
that is still there. But I did have some that came in that tried to impose their will on us that said, well, this is how we always do it. And it's like, okay, but what's the, you know, what is the purpose and what are we honoring in this? The way you always do it for you or are we honoring God in this? So in Zechariah 8, the Lord is saying, hey, listen, here's why I want you to honor me with everything you do. Everything. Don't just do things because that's what we always do. Don't just do things because you're trying to do it for yourselves. Don't give me empty sacrifices. If we go back to... Um, think it's first kings you know what's more important your sacrifices or obedience to the to the lord when samuel confronts saul you know god really does want that remember he says even in seven chapter seven he says i really what i want you to do is basically what he's saying is love each other as i have loved you oh does that sound familiar Jesus will tell us that point blank when he gets here, which we'll get to next month. So that's exciting. And so in Zechariah 8, here's Jesus, here's God's word to us. My love for Mount Zion is passionate and strong. I am consumed with passion for Jerusalem. So he's consumed with passion and love for his people. He's returning to them and will live in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city, the mountain of the Lord of heaven's armies, and will be called the holy mountain. Because Jerusalem is set up, you know, on a, on a hill pretty much. Okay? So this is why he wants us to celebrate him with our hearts, not just out of ritual or routine, okay? In everything we do, even the Lord's Supper. I mean, we just can't take that routinely. Well, I'm gonna do it because everyone else is doing it. No, we have to do it and put ourselves in the moment. And then it says, "Once here's a promise. Once again, old women... And men will walk Jerusalem streets with their canes and will sit together in the city squares. And the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls at play. All this may seem impossible to you now as a small remnant of God's people. But it is, is it impossible for me, says the Lord? No. And this is a shout out to all our small churches out there that are just trying to get by. If we do things and follow the Lord's will for us, and that's speaking to my homesteaders, man. This is a, we are a small remnant. I talked to us Sunday. This is the Lord, man. If we just keep doing what the Lord has called us to do and we start really reaching out in our own circle of influence and being the witness for him in those small circles of influence and keep seeing how God is doing these things for us. He's going to sit amongst us, and the promise is not done yet. We're going to see things like we've never seen before. And... It's not impossible because with God, anything is possible. And that's what he's saying right here. 
And he says, they will be my people and I will be faithful and just toward them. And this is what he says, be strong and finish the task. So homesteaders, we got to be strong and finish the task. Small churches, be strong and finish your task. Stay true to the game. I just saw a, a, a message from one of my pastor friends who is pastor in a small church as well. He's an interim, I believe, and he put how great they're doing and how the people are bringing visitors and how there's some they're just reaching out to those around them. And that's great for them because their pastor retired, and that's kind of where I'm at with a retired pastor who really uh, shortly thereafter died of COVID. And then a week later, his associate pastor died of COVID. You know, and then the Lord said to me, because they were my good friends, you need to go there and help them which is why I'm there today. And it's like amazing how the Lord does things. And I saw that report from my friend. I have another friend doing another small church. And so this is really cool because there's our promise. I will be faithful and just toward them. They will be my people. Be strong and finish the task because if we do, the grapevines will be heavy with fruit. The earth will produce its crops and the heavens will release the dew. Once more, I will cause the remnant to inherit these blessings. So if we just stay true, be strong, finish the task, we're going to be fruitful and multiply is what he's saying. But we can't get complacent and we can't do things just because we've always done them. Uh, man, my wife is quick to remind me of the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a result when we've always had no result. And that's what happens a lot of times. We do, well, we've always done it that way. Well, obviously it isn't working, (laughs) you know? You know, and and I see things that have this thing where we go out and we, we go to people's homes and we do things, but we don't see end results. We see something in the home and they take what we give them and they let us pray with them, but we don't see the fruit. We don't see them become dedicated and budding fruits for Jesus. They take it for the moment, but it's like they are on the footpath as soon as we walk out the door the wind blows and they're they're gone and the lord said be sowers in good ground so that they can become good fruit in other words you got to disciple them you can't just go once give them something leave and then never see them again you got to disciple them you got to stay with them you got to walk through life with them And trying to get that through sometimes is not easy. We can't just do the same thing over and over because that's what we do. It's about a relationship. If God only came to us one time, gave us one opportunity, and we blew it, we'd all go to hell. Think about that. I turned God down, I don't know, for how many years. 
but he stayed after me. Let's put that in perspective. He stayed after me. And I don't know why we think we can go to a house, give him something, and then pray over him and then leave and think that's good enough. We have to stay after him. We have to get in relationship with him. We have to walk life with him. We have to. So what's that mean? Well, maybe we're not going to get a whole a whole city in one day. Maybe we're going to have to get a section at a time. But the Lord says, finish the task. And if you finish the task and be strong, it's going to produce fruits. And you will see people walk in your streets. And what's even more, he says, don't be afraid. Be strong. And get to rebuilding this temple. That means get out there. Do it. Because he's determined to bless us. So don't be afraid. It says that right there. Verse 15, Zechariah 8, 15. I am determined to bless Jerusalem and be and the people of Judah. So don't be afraid. That's us. <laughs> so how do we do that? Don't scheme against each other. Quit doing things out of ritual because when you do that, then you're not being grounded in Christ and you you, you just, it's like, it's not loving each other as Christ has loved us. You t- stop telling lies against either and swear to tell the truth. Think about that. If all we got to do is look at each other and point fingers, we don't have the right. Like I've said on previous podcasts, if we're not walk playing a perfect game, we don't have a right to talk about the other guy's game. So this is what the Lord says. All those things you used to do because you've always done it, they've now ended. So now you're going to live in truth, love, and peace. Woo-hoo-hoo. So if you're just doing things out of ritual, you're just doing things because we've always done it, forget it. Don't do them anymore. It says so right here. Zechariah 8, verse 19. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. A traditional fast of times of mourning you have kept in early summer, midsummer, autumn, and winter are now ended. They will become festivals of joy and celebration. So all the things you do that you've always done, they're not going to happen anymore. Instead, the only time we do them is when we're doing them from the heart. Because now we're going to live in complete unity with love, truth, and peace. And we're only going to do it in complete harmony with the Lord. When the Lord speaks. Ooh, man, that's good stuff. I love that. The people of one city will say to another, come with us to that place. Because when they worship the Lord, that's where I want to go. Because they're going to see that the Lord is there. 
You know, and that's what I've always said about why my wife and I drive so far. It's because we know the spirit is here and we want to be there. The world will clutch at the sleeve of one of you because they'll say, let us walk with you for we have heard that God is with you. Wouldn't it be awesome if they just saw God in you so much wherever you go that they said, I don't know what they got, but I want some of that. And that's where I want to be in fellowship with whatever they're fellowshipping with. And we fellowship with the one true God. We allow the Holy Spirit into our place, and we want his presence there every week. I challenge my people and all those people in the small churches, big churches, large churches, mega churches, man, let the Holy Spirit come in and make a difference so that people will clutch your sleeve and say, I want what you got. Because that's what the Lord is promising us if we finish the task and don't do it just because that's what we've always done. If we just do it from the heart and be in complete unity with the Spirit and let the Spirit move, woo, and do our best, let God do the rest, what an amazing walk we'll have. I encourage you to read these two chapters because they are filled with great information and promise. So as the kids say, let's go. And let's go make a difference. Because the Lord really wants to bless us. Have a great day on this Tuesday. And walk in his presence. See you tomorrow. Oh, I trust in God. My Never fail.